Welcome to the latest episode of Apple at Work, a podcast all about Apple and the intersection of technology, healthcare, business, education, and all things in between. I'm your host, as always, Bradley Chambers. This week, a uh, special guest, as always, my good friend, Fraser Spears. Fraser, welcome to the show. Hey, Bradley. Nice to be talking to you again. So um, many of our listeners may know or may not, uh, you and I hosted a podcast uh, together from 2012 to 2017, which... Mm-hmm. You know, just feels like a lifetime ago, but we started that, uh, I, really, I guess it was t- about 10 years ago. And uh, a lot, obviously, a lot has changed in the world of uh, education since then, technology, uh, and everything, everything in our world has changed. And so, you, I left education about a year ago, and you recently announced that you are leaving um, the education world and going mm-hmm. to work uh, with our friends at One Password. So I wanted to have you on the show. Uh, and again, you and I talked beforehand. We're, we had a lot of things we want to cover, but we like to keep the show uh, at about a half hour. So we may go we'll probably go multiple episodes. But I, I really just want to start. And what's it feel like leaving education after, gosh, a, a career that began in what, 2006? Yeah, around about then. Yeah. So I was... Even before that, I, I was working at Glasgow University, so it's kind of been education my whole life, you know, at different levels throughout the system. That I worked at Glasgow University, I was a student before then, left there and went into K-12 education. So um, it's going to be weird not working to a bell, you know, I think I think that's the first thing that's going to be really strange is, uh, um, you know, there's not, a, there's not going to be kids coming down the stairs, at, you know, every couple of hours. But it it feels about the right time. Um, I'll put it that way. I think that um, obviously for people who don't know my background, I was a classroom teacher of computer science for for several years. And then I was the head of our secondary school or high school department. And then in the last four years, I've been the head teacher, the principal of the whole school. And that was, I had one year in the job and then it was COVID and it's been COVID ever since. And I think that's that's part of the story for, for leaving education, I think. Um, I think a lot of people in leadership positions over the last few years feel quite honestly quite burnt out by the the amount of work we've had to do, um, the amount of uh, walking a fine line of, of keeping everybody on on the same page. You know, there's obviously been a lot of um, divergent views about how COVID should be handled, and some people very um, afraid of the whole situation and, and very conscious of the health risks which which are real I'm, I'm not in any way saying they're not real they absolutely are um and then other people who have been very um i don't know is contemptuous the right word of or, or very at least very unhappy with the restrictions and the impositions that have been put on which are also real and, and are significant you know there it's not as if we we've been played with a soft touch we, we've had very heavy restrictions and my wife works in a care home and her boss said to her that um, the week after the pandemic started, they were doing things that the week before would have been illegal to do to their residents. And I, I kind of feel the same way in education. And, and I'm not saying this to be critical of anybody that works with me in any way, but I feel personally a little guilty about what we've had to do to young people. Um, and I'm not saying that's why I'm leaving education, but it's certainly one of the lasting impressions I have is that we, we've been through a very slow motion disaster um, and and it's it's terrible for children. And I think that one of the things for me as a as a school principal is that I've had to put a lot of my sort of leadership capital, if you like, into implementing the pandemic response. So I've had to cut people's timetables and, and remove their trips and, and things like that. And I've had to, you know, 
enforce mask wearing in school and all of these kind of things that have been rules in Scotland. And I don't know that you can be that kind of leader and then also be the fun guy afterwards. I think in some ways you've kind of burned up a lot of credibility with that. And and I think I felt personally that it was time to sort of step back and let somebody else sort of be the peacetime leader leader after me. No, I think that's I think it's a great way to sum it up where it's really just hard. I mean, most schools were doing whatever they could to keep the doors open. Yeah. And you know, it's been real interesting. Um you know, obviously I only had uh you know about a year and a half in it, uh, or a year and a quarter, and you've had a couple more. The things that you and I used to talk about with education, um I don't think that they were were wrong with technology and education, but I think we may have had a little bit of a rose colored glasses of what it would be like, because if you said like, Hey, um, what if your school was virtual? Like I would have thought, well, that we could do some really cool things technology wise. But I think what we we realized is particularly again, university levels, one thing, but particularly in the K-12, like there's value in the relationships. There's value. There's a lot of things that, um, you just the technology could never replace, and I, I don't think I think we've all kind of learned that Khan Academy, as great as it is, is never going to replace the relationship relationship you have with your teacher. Uh, it's not it's not just about knowledge transfer; it's about uh, social maturity, uh, emotional maturity. That it's really to me more has reinforced the the benefit of you know, knowing your teacher. It's like almost, it's, it's like a family, and it's, so it's hard. It's been it's been real hard, and um, obviously, technology was a huge part of keeping doors open, allowing us to do things when when kids had to to quarantine for periods of time. You could still, I mean, things that again ten years ago almost wouldn't have been possible. You wouldn't have had the bandwidth to do it. We sort of did it, and and I think any other time in our world's history, you couldn't have done this whole virtual thing, uh, remote thing, as long. But then I also wonder. Would we, if, if the virtual thing wasn't an option, what what would we have done? Would you have just shut down school for two years, or would you have? I, I don't know that, and it's hard to know. Um, but but I think I think the way you kind of said it is right. I mean, you sort of done all you could. You you done a lot with technology over the years. Uh, you you implemented the first one to one iPad school in the world. Um, mm-hmm. Your school was among the the top with technology integration uh, throughout the next decade. You all made a. Uh, a strong move to Chromebook, which you know you have credited to, to largely been a huge part of what you were able to do during um, the COVID years, as I guess we'll refer to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but but like you said, you know I think there's only so many years in a decade, decade you know plus or minus two years feels like the time that you can maybe even give your your creativity and energy to to a program like technology and education because there's almost like we feel like this, the next wave of it, and it may end up being more technology that's used less, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that, you know, what one-to-one is an interesting thing because you don't ever need to be two-to-one. Do you know what I mean? Like once you've done one-to-one, you've kind of finished, you know, and I think that, like you said, we moved to, we were iPad from 2010 to 2019. We switched to Chromebook in 2019. And like you say, I, I think that it was certainly the right choice for the time, even if we didn't make it for those right reasons. You know, I think being on Chrome OS and Google Workspace for the pandemic years, we we closed on Friday and we opened the next Tuesday and we did every hour of our timetable on Google Meet from then till we never had to lock down again. And I don't know that we could have really done that with the iPad. Yes, like there's, there's a thing with the iPad, which is like you you can say, yes, you can do that on the iPad. 
But what we learned during lockdown, even with um, a desktop operating system, if you will, is that there's a certain cognitive tax that you have to pay to work online. Um, and, and not just to work online, but to, you know, we're doing a Zoom call right now. And imagine I was also trying to write a computer program while, while we were talking on this. That's mentally demanding. There, there's a, I don't know what it is, let's call it 10% tax, right? That learning online might sort of effectively reduce your IQ capacity by 10% because of the load that it puts on the learning. Some people can afford that and some people can't. And, and there's no criticism of anybody, but it just is the reality that we found that some people um, find it very difficult to just execute the tasks through the computer because there was just extra overhead that was put on on the work. Um, and that was the that was the impact of taking a, a traditional teaching model and putting it on online. But you mentioned Khan Academy. You know, it's possible that there are other te- pedagogical models that you could do you know, such as a lot more video-based stuff and a lot less live stuff. Um, but that's what we did. And that kind of became the expectation in Scotland was that live teaching was the sort of gold standard um, through the computer. And um, obviously that's that's what you can do when you don't have years to develop, you know, programs of learning uh, that aren't done that way. And that's what we did and it was okay. But like you said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of work schools do that isn't, easily captured on this on the screen like you know you can turn off your webcam right now and i can't force it back on so if part of my job as a teacher and this is not an education thing it's a it's a well-being thing is i can't see the child that's maybe got a bruise or a scar on their face i can't i can't see the child who's um clearly not looking themselves um and even when kids came back to school the fact that they were wearing masks for a long time there were genuine challenges to assessing people's welfare in those situations as well and then of course you just had the kids who didn't show up online and in in many cases it was impossible to do anything to make that happen you know sometimes they'd be there sometimes not sometimes they'd turn the camera off sometimes they turn it on depending sometimes on how much they like the teacher or whether they wanted to be called on in the class and it's a lot of these kind of things you could only have so much control and you do have control in the school environment, but like you said, the control is essentially at the first level, the control is there because of the relationships. And I, ideally those are good relationships, but make no mistake that there's a power relationship in school and the teacher is in charge or should be in charge. And you can make young people do things when they're there with you um, just by the power of the social environment. And, and the remote learning situation really broke that. And I think that, one of the kind of unspoken parts of education is is the question of individual conscientiousness. You know, it's a personality trait and, and it can be assessed like any other. Um, and some people have it and some people don't, right? And the people who have it can apply it online, they can apply it offline, they can apply it in school, they can apply it to the homework, they can apply it to their study times. People who are not conscientious by nature really need the structure that the school day provides and, and frankly imposes on them in order to have a chance of being successful. And when we kick away all the legs of those stools, some people really struggle to find it within themselves to act in, in the way that they need to to be successful. Um, and that's not, it's not their fault. They, you know, People don't ask for their personality structure. They just have what they have. Um, and they, you can develop it, sure, but that's a big ask for young people um, in the middle of a pandemic. Um, so a lot of learning goes on with that, Bradley, to say, like, what, what does the school environment provide? Is it just facilities and teachers and, and lessons and a bell? No, 
it's actually a, a whole structure around your day and around your life that, that gives a certain meaning to it when you, as a young person, maybe can't c- come up with that out yourself. Some people can, but not many young people can can do that. And, and the day structure is really important to them. This episode of Apple at Work is sponsored by Muzzle. Managing Apple devices at work shouldn't be difficult, and Muzzle makes it easy. As a leader in the modern mobile device management and security for Apple and the enterprise, Muzzle offers solutions for every stage of your business. Are you just starting out? Try Muzzle Business Free and receive the complete MDM feature set of Muzzle Business Premium for up to 30 devices at no charge. Are you looking to address all of your Apple endpoint needs? Muzzle Fuse has you covered. The cloud-native offering combines enterprise-grade MDM, identity management, automated application installing and patching, and multi-layer endpoint security. Wherever you are in your Apple device journey, Mosul is there to support you. With a focus on usability, automation, and the best support on the market, Mosul delivers a new approach to Apple device management that is more powerful and efficient and affordable than legacy solutions. To learn more, visit business.mosul.com. That's business.mosyle.com. Thanks to Mosul for sponsoring Apple at Work this week. I mean, you really even see that with homeschool uh, now where even people that homeschool, they often will do co-ops where two days a week they go to, you know, a, a thing with other homeschool kids and they bring in a certain a teacher to teach a certain thing. Um, I mean, people were just wired to be social in a way. I mean, I heard it said some one time, like, if you think, uh, what is it? They said, if you think uh, virtual church is the same as in-person church, uh, next time you want to go on a date with your spouse, do FaceTime instead. And you're like, yeah, like there, there is value to we're we're just social creatures. That's that's how we're that's how we're built. Um, but I bet in a, in a way, again, not that not that. You, I guess I guess I look at it from like what can we good we take out of this, and I think we just really I value teachers more than I maybe did before in terms of the not the knowledge transfer, but like the again, and we said it a thousand times the relationships and this the helping kids. Um, grow up. I mean, it's, I don't know. Like it's, I, you know, I've even learned that like, I, you know, I work from home and it's lonely sometimes like you, mm-hmm. uh, and then video, like, like you said, the video, the tax of video, like video is not the same as, um, as in person. Like, you know, if you work for a remote company, most remote companies still try to get together four times a year, one time a year, maybe as a whole company, then multiple times a year as your team or your department, like there is social capital that you build up. Um, that time together. And I think too, you know, like in the, in the, the spring 2020, like you still had, like you're fin- trying to finish strong. It was like, all right, we got a month. We can just, we can crush this. Like you had like eight months of the relationships built up, like finishing virtually versus a hundred percent virtual is, mm-hmm. is two different things because you didn't have that relationship built up. And you, you know, you mentioned the thing of the live teaching and I, I, I would say the same thing, like live teaching in those situations is very important. But then you also like from the flip side, you say, gosh, what a what an inefficient use of time. Like it would be way more efficient to like the best uh, chemistry teacher in the world to record the lesson once and a million people watch it. Like there is, the, it's like we that whole situation was like the worst of both situations. Um, but, you know, but I think you like, you know, as you kind of finish up and I think you, you all finished the in our summer and so, I mean, as you look to finish strong, what are you going to miss uh, about being in education? Well, when you ask me right now, it's easy to say nothing, you know, because you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of person who, when I'm done with something, I'm really done with it, you know. And 
when you're when you're you've made the decision to move and you can only see that the grass is greener on the other side. Um, a lot of things are going to be different, but I I don't know right now that I can sort of feel what am I really going to miss? I mean, obviously I've worked with the, mostly the same group of teachers for 15 years and we we have got so much history together. We we built a lot of that school from nothing. You know, we we all did the iPad program together. We all, a lot of us were, when I was hired, a lot of other teachers were hired alongside me to essentially start our high school. So the school had been um, K through what, seven or something like K through eight um, to start with. And then when we were all hired, we went through to, uh, K, K through 12 and there's all that history there which is great and, and that will that will always be there you know um, a lot of things I'm, I'm not going to miss right now but I, I don't mean that in the sense I'm, I'm picking over you know things that I hate right now and all that kind of stuff it's just you've done it for a long time and I'm ready for a change you know I think that um, I, I was talking to our, our the chairman of our board of governors and she said to me look she was an English teacher and she said, you know, when I was teaching English, um, I got to have a lot of variation because every year you could teach a different book or you could teach a different play or a different poem. And she said, I, I can understand for you where the computer science content is essentially the same content every year, that it's hard to kind of keep the freshness there when you're, you, you're into your 15th year of doing binary numbers, you know. <laughs> um, so given that you can't really retrain to be a different kind of subject teacher, you know, I think it's it's time to, just time to move on, you know, and it's not that there's nothing wrong with my school. My school's going great and, and we're getting good results and relationships are coming back from the pandemic, I would say. But just, I think personally for me, it was, it's just time to, um, time to move on. And I think uh, I will be working from home as well. And that's going to be interesting for me. You know, I, I'm, I'm probably less of a sociable person than you, Bradley. I would say I'm not. Um, I, I found laterally when I was in the head teacher that I would come home on a Friday and I would just fall dead asleep on my couch straight away because the, the life of a head teacher is talking to people um, all the time, you know. And I, I, I'm, it's not a problem. I like talking to people um, and I put a lot of effort into it. But I found it, you know, as an introverted person, quite draining personally. You know, and I was willing to to give that energy to it and and to do that work, but there was nothing left at the end. You know, um, whereas I think uh, in a working from home situation, I'll, I, I imagine that I'll probably feel more energized by that. And then Friday will come, and I'll be rearing to get out to church or whatever on a Friday night because um, I'll have that energy that I haven't spent during my working week. Um, so it's going to be a, re- a real change for me. It's um, but I'm, it's one I'm looking forward to, and I'm ready to to, uh, to try that out in the next next few years. Yeah. You know, obviously this is you know, inside baseball a little bit for those people listening that listened to our old show, but you know, you and I both had multiple kids during that show's run. And mm-hmm. I know that was a big change for my kids as me not being there. Uh, and I'm sure it will be for your kids. Cause I mean, even you know, you yeah. were the head teacher. So it's kind of like my dad's the head teacher. I'm sure that'll be a shock to a little bit. <laughs> and, and, and again, that, you know, that goes back to those relationships. I mean, when I, mm-hmm. when I started working in education, I had no kids. And when we left, mm. I left, I had three. And so like yeah. you, you had people that just had almost watched you grow up in a sense. And so, of course, you know, the nice thing is, I don't know if your kids will still go there, but my kids are still at the school I worked at. So I, I mean, I see them every day. I was there in there today. I drop them off every day. And that's one of the things I like working from home. Um, I can, I drop them off every day at school and there are plenty of days I, I pick them up if my schedule works out to where I can go and pick them up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that it, it works out well. And that's, and that's really kind of, 
the nice thing about the way remote work is now is there just is so many more opportunities because again, before COVID, I mean, maybe you wouldn't have had this opportunity to go work for uh, one password. And because it's like, now you can kind of work where you want to work, work at great companies, but live where it works best for your family. Um, and I mean, and again, the, 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 the education that you and I, or the technology you and I talked about for, you know, a good five years, much of it is what has enabled remote work. I mean, you know, certainly on the Mac side, you know, you and I talked about the Mac for years, but like the Mac is back in terms of how, how fast it is. Um, again, the cameras are suspect, but like the Mac is a really good platform. Uh, I think is it a very healthy space today to where it really is technology wise fine to work remotely. Like the software tools are there. The hardware is there. The internet speed is there. Um, and it's just, um, yeah, it, it's, it's like that stuff is, you know, again, the stuff that you and I kind of pie in the sky dreamed of would be possible. Now it just, it just kind of is. Um, and and I was, I was like you, like, I don't, I, I, I miss the people. I don't miss, um, I, you know, I don't miss like August coming and it's like getting ready for <laughs> school to come back. But then I, what I've realized is like, I just have different, there's different deadlines. Like, you know, every, every job has projects and deadlines. Now mm-hmm. your deadlines are at different times of the year. You may have one in March and the, March and May and September and November, instead of it was all about getting a plane in the air, keeping it in there and going down. And of course, you know, you, you know, the your latter years, you weren't in the classroom, but I think one of the things that is nice about leaving education and kind of coming home to, to work for, I guess, a for-profit business is you don't have to be kind of on every day where when you're the head teacher, like you've got to be, it's the, the, you're on the radio every day, you know, every day you're on TV. Like you have to be in a good mood and you have to smile. Uh, you are the face of that school. Um, and, you know, and, and I kind of view technology a little bit different now than I did then like where, where, when I would see something new come out on the iPad or the Mac, I would think, okay, how could we implement that classroom or how would that affect me to manage 300 devices? And now I kind of look at it differently because I'm not responsible uh, for managing 200 iPads or 150 Macs, like you kind of just restart to reframe technology a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, I, and yeah, I think I was like you where you had just creatively kind of given all, all you could to thinking about how do we best make use of tech in the classroom? Yeah. And, and there's not a new idea. Do you know what I mean? I think that's actually part of the problem with technology at the moment is that nobody's got the next idea yet. You know, we had, we had laptops and we had, um, smartphones and then tablets and you know all of that was good in a way you know certain limitations on certain things but I've kind of got to the point now <laughs> I think the way I sort of describe it to people Bradley is that in your 20s you think that the computer you like is the only way to do a computer and every other computer is garbage right and then when you get into your 30s you're sort of a bit more mellow and you're like well isn't it nice that everything's really quite good and it all interoperates and blah, blah, blah. And then when you get into your 40s, you're just like everything's garbage and everything is broken in some way. <laughs> um, and I, I think I, I'm kind of there a little bit is that, you know, everything has got its own downfall, you know, or its own pitfall. Um, and they're all good for something, but everything's got some kind of flaw. And, and I think that I still... I suppose I still have this idealistic hope that one day there's going to be just one computer that does everything. And I'm going to whisper it, but I think actually the one computer that does everything might be the Microsoft Surface. Um, you know, it, it's kind of maddening to me that with Apple, we're still in the world and we talked about it on our podcast. I talked about it on my show with Federico Vitici. I, I kind of got to the end of the road a little bit before I kind of feel he's got to the end of the road with it. But I don't know if you feel this, but 
I'm just a bit fed up waiting for the iPad to become something, you know. Um, it, it's fine, but, you know, now that you can, I've, I'm talking to you on an M1 MacBook Pro, I can buy an iPad that's, that is the same thing inside, but that iPad can't run Final Cut Pro, can't run Xcode. How many years did we go, oh, surely Xcode for iOS is coming next month or whatever, when it was WWDC and it never came. Um and nowadays you're sort of well, I carry my Mac and I carry my iPad, you know. For and the iPad's good for some things. Don't get me wrong, but um, you're you're right that there's a real renaissance for the Mac, I think, and, and I'm really enjoying that. Um, and I'm looking forward to the role I'm going to have at One Password. Is I'm going to be a Mac Mac OS developer, so I'm going to work on the Mac desktop client. Um, and that's I think that's going to be great, and I think it's 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 one of their um, bigger platforms, I think. And uh, obviously the history of, of one password as a, as a, an Apple first company, um, not so much anymore, but certainly that's where their client base still is as far as I know. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting overall. Yeah. I've been a one password user, gosh, since 08. And it's mm-hmm. really been nice to watch them, how they've really transformed from like, we make an app to, we make a service. And, you know, certainly on the enterprise side, they make some really neat things that uh, go beyond what I ever thought one password uh, could do. Uh, but, you, you know, you mentioned that like about, you know, the Mac and the iPad. And I, and I think, I think, I don't know, maybe it's just like the place I am in my life, but like, you know, there's a pendulum that we've done with tech where it was like everything tech. And it's like, maybe we were too far. And it's like, maybe I'm not saying we need to go back to like, Little House on the Prairie. I don't know if you ever watched that show, but like oh, where there's like, well. yeah. yeah, like where there's nothing, but like yeah. maybe, maybe over here to the far right of having everything digitized, maybe that's too much. And like, there are benefits like yesterday, like I took my kids on a hike in the woods and like, it was like, we had my phone, like we had to pull up the map, but it was just like a picture of the map. It wasn't like the map was following us with GPS and have an Apple watch. Like, you know, it's kind of like trying to find that balance of like use the tech for what it's good for and then put it away. Um, mm-hmm. And I even joke with somebody like, I wouldn't hate if Apple re-released like the iPod that could do Apple music and podcast. And then I could get a flip phone. Like I, I you know, there, there's an aspect of that, that like you'd be fine with like, do I need to get my email everywhere? No, I, I really don't. Like, do I, you know, some of this, it's like, just because you can have tech everywhere doesn't mean you need it. And, um, you know, it's like, I love smart home stuff, but like every time it doesn't work, you're like, well, this is stupid. Why don't I like just, or or it's like the idea of, and I don't have any in my home, but like they make light switches that you can put out that then like control your smart home stuff. And you're thinking we were, the whole thing was getting away from the light switches. Why are we didn't like, if you just wanted to have light switches, you would just have a light switch to turn the lamp on or, you know, I don't know. Like I, and I think that'll be the story of the next decade is like finding that is, is finding that balance for everybody. Um, and I think that I, I definitely want to, we should do this show. You know, I think you agreed before, but I want to have you back on um, our next episode and we kind of dive deep into like, what do we think the next decade will come from tech? Because I think it's, I think it's still more tech, but I think it's, I don't think that I, I don't want a future education world where every student is wearing VR goggles. Like that's not what I want. And I don't think that you would want that. And I don't, Beth, I think there is still that promise of like the augmented reality and this, that, and the other, mm-hmm. but like, I, I just look at my kids and like, I just, I don't want that. Um, and like, I like, I like what tech can do for the, you know, give them access to information, 
but I don't, I want them outside with like, you know, rubbing sticks and throwing rocks. I want them doing the things that you and I did as kids Mm -hmm. that helps you kind of learn boundaries and explore and just get outside and breathe fresh air. Um, You know, but I, you know, I think if, if I'm hearing you right, it's, you loved your time in education. It's been a hard couple of years and it's time to, it's time to let someone else take, take your school to the next place it can go. A hundred percent. You know, it's not that I regret anything that I've done. You know, I think we've, we've achieved incredible things, you know, our show was part of that. The iPad project was part of that. Building the school was part of that. Um, And I think that in a way, a lot of the things that I, we we recently had a a vision day at school where we sort of got together to think about what the next 10 or 15 years looks like. And obviously I had quite a backseat to that because I, I was leaving. But one of the things I said there was one of the reasons I came into education was to, push the boundary of what you could do with technology and education. And we were reminiscing about when we started the school in 1999. And we had, even at that point, we had a, a Mac OS X server machine, um, which had, uh, we had five of the Gumdrop iMacs, and you could log into any one of them with your password and get your desktop. And in 1999, no school had that either. You know, so it wasn't just when we bought a bunch of iPads that we were on the cutting edge. It was way before that as well. Back then, what a lot of schools were doing for multi-user computing was you had a Mac Classic with a box of floppy disks beside it, and you just put your disk in, and that was multi-user computing. Um, So we did all of that. We did the iPads. We did did laptops early as well. And then um, we we transitioned to Chromebook. And we're probably, I don't know if I'm giving an announcement here that I've not done in school yet, but we're probably going to go back to iOS next year um after our experience with chrome os and, and the pandemic and that's a whole show in itself to talk about the state of those two platforms um it'd be interesting to do that at some point as well bradley um but driven by sort of creativity requirements and, and integration um probably we're looking at going back to ipad um for the 20 what's that 22 23 school year that'll be interesting well, you know, I think you, if you were going to go Chromebook for a period, I think you probably picked the right period. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll have, I think we can probably, uh, uh, we'll have at least two more shows. I'd like to do a show on talking about where we think the next 10 years are going. And then I think, I think having a show of, you know, kind of the state of, of iPad OS, the state of Mac OS, mm-hmm. and the state of Windows and the state uh, of, of Chrome OS, I think that would be a good place to see, you know, as, as, you know, since you're leaving education, like kind of our careers are are both transitioning out. You know, my, I've transitioned out, you're transitioning out, and um, you know, when you think about where things were when we started versus where they are now, I never would have believed how, in some ways, amazing they are, but in some ways, still fundamentally the same, uh, in some ways worse. And so, like, I, I do have high hopes for the next ten years of. Again, really cool tech that doesn't distract people day to day, and that'll be that'll be fun to talk about. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll end there, and uh, we'll we'll have you on again in the next uh, next couple episodes, and we'll kind of finish this discussion. Um, so, uh, everybody, thanks for listening this week. Um, if you want to make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts, so you can continue hearing um, Fraser's kind of exit from being one of the most um, well-known tech educators in the world, the pioneer, the first one-to-one iPad program in the world, and hearing about his uh, next adventure. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you again soon.